We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and live, the Awabakal and Waramai people, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. We celebrate the stories, culture and traditions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Elders of all communities who also work and live on this land. You're listening to Boob to Food, the podcast with Luca McCabe and Kate Holm. There is so much noise in the parenting space. And we don't mean the tantruming toddler. We understand it can feel confusing, conflicting and overwhelming. That's why we are bringing our years of experience as a midwife, nutritionist and naturopath. And of course, mums. So that you can confidently navigate the roller coaster of motherhood from boob to food and beyond. Each week you'll hear practical wisdom, expert advice and inspirational stories of other mums in the depths of this parenting journey. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. This episode is brought to you by Arca. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Boob to Food, the podcast. Hi, Luca. How are you going? Hey, Kate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. How's your week been? Yeah, I've had a good week, good mixture of work and family time, which has been nice. Going camping tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Although we're going to Gloucester Tops in the mountains and it's going to be zero degrees at night. So... Oh my gosh. Wish me luck. <laughs> I know. We've been trying to like think of where I'll find like, you know, Jesse and I and like the older kids are fine mm. um, in the cold, but we will because he's in a porticot and it's like low to the ground, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, and then they just, their hands are out. So we're trying to work out what we're going to do with him because it's going to be so cold. Mm. So yeah, it's meant to get to zero. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm trying to like logistically work out how many sleeping bags I can put on him, <laughs> like turning him into a croissant. <laughs> so we'll see. I can imagine he's just going to end up in bed with yep. us. Though. So probably two nights of terrible sleep, but hopefully the trip is worth it. But yeah, I realized I've actually got every weekend pretty much booked now until like Christmas oh with camping gosh. trips, which is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> super fun. My little vintage van's getting a good workout. We had a, a, a like a really good van actually and we went around Australia in it and then COVID hit and then we were like, we don't need, you know, a $60,000 van sitting mm. out the front um, for weekenders. So we sold it and then we bought this little vintage one, which has been great. But now we're like, actually, we go away a lot. The and luxuries you've got three of kids van. now. <laughs> yeah, we've got three kids. It's squishy. I love our little van, but it's like... You know, it doesn't have shower or toilet or power or hot water or like anything that <laughs> makes camping a bit more luxurious. Mm. So you're very much roughing it. But anyway, it's fine. But now we're looking at getting a, a new van again. But the van that we sold, like, so we bought it for like 60000 and mm-hmm. I think we sold it for fifty, which we thought, oh, that's great, like after a big trip. Now that same van is worth 90000 That is crazy. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, anyway, so we're looking at getting one. But, yeah, anyway, hopefully that will make our trips a little bit more like easy because at the moment it's, yeah, dealing with things like the cold, whereas yeah. we could have put a diesel heater and stuff in. So, anyway, mm. probably boring everyone with camping talk. But <laughs> Then we, we can use it for our podcast studio. I know. Well, it's going to be the new studio, <laughs> so that'll be nice rather than my dining table and trying to navigate nap times and things. So, yeah, business expense, eh? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I had a good week. I went and saw Barbie last night. Yeah, what did you think? 
I haven't I seen don't it. Get it? Hey, <laughs> I do not get it. I, I legitimately, not even joking, fell asleep, which is so rare for me. I am like, I cannot nap if you like. I don't know, put me in this cocoon of something. <laughs> I still won't nap and I fell asleep. Yeah, That's wow. how bad I thought it was anyway. Well, I was on the Instagram like replying to comments and then I was like, oh, someone's replying to them. And I thought it was <laughs> Zoe who's our like um, assistant, our unicorn. And I was like, yeah. wow, I'm so impressed with how she's responding because she's not, um, she's amazing, but she doesn't have a nutritional background. But it, she was giving all of these, well, I thought she <laughs> was giving all of these responses about nutrition and then turns out it was you in the movies <laughs> <laughs> that's how important it was anyway oh. I'm interested to hear anyone else's thoughts on the Barbie movie because I went in with like really high expectations I went with like a group of like six girlfriends mm. super excited it seemed like on TikTok and Instagram everyone saying how like life-changing it was oh, and this big wow. feminist movement and how they laughed and cried anyway I don't get it. Like I legit thought, why am I here? What am I watching? But I also don't think it was aimed to kids though. Like I wouldn't mm. take Florence to see it. I think it would just go way over her head. Yeah. And there was a couple of kind of rude comments and things that I guess would probably a kid wouldn't pick up on. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know, like, or, you know, or she was like panicking about cellulite, things oh, like that, okay. like Barbie was. She Anyway long story mm. but she gets a bit of cellulite and she panics about it how gross it is and that I don't know mm. I just it was an odd movie yeah um, okay <laughs> now I'm like oh, I don't I'm not much of a movie buff at the best of times but there was a part of me that was like yeah I could go and do that like something to do in these final weeks of pregnancy mm. but now I'm like oh well, maybe I'll <laughs> well, if save you want my nap, time and money been, you've, you've had some insomnia so maybe you should maybe. go and just yeah. nap there just go and have a good sleep <laughs> for yeah, a couple I, of we hours we had those recliner chairs and like nice. you know we went to a 7 p.m movie so I was and it goes for two hours mm. which is so long for a kids movie mm. I mean I still don't know if it's is a kids it a kids movie, movie? I don't yeah know. I don't know I don't know I don't anything know. about know. it really. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, my week has been, it's been really good. So, yeah, busy days with the kids. Saw you at the beginning of the week when we were at the farm and. Um, oh, the farm. Yeah, that's, that's so lovely. And then it's a different week for me now because I've wrapped up seeing clients. I'm still working but um, not mm. client facing. So, Today, I feel like I've been so productive. So, apologies, you're going to have heaps of notifications of I know, I've all had of the so bits many emails. And so I was I've like, oh, geez. <laughs> on. But I'm definitely at the like. How many weeks pregnant are you now? Well, I'm 37. So, yeah, it's wow. that weird time where it's like, well, baby could come anytime from now. I'm having a home birth mm. and, um, my midwife dropped over, you know, they bring like an oxygen tank and a bunch of supplies and things. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with, um, you know, how home birth works, it's essentially like they bring the hospital to you at home mm-hmm. minus, a, you know, a fair few things. Um, so that's all here. Our birth pool's getting delivered soon. I've, yeah, I'm kind of like if I went into labour now, it would be fine or I could be waiting another five weeks. So <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Watch this space. <laughs> and you had the other two. What, how, what gestation mm, were you I was again? Forty plus five and forty plus six. So okay. that's kind of like what I have in my mind. It'll be mm-hmm. somewhere around there. But honestly, I'm trying to not have any expectations because 
with Bowie, I really expected she'd come before Jude. And I know they say like statistically second babies come earlier. So I was really hanging out for that. And then when I crept past, you know, his gestation and I still was pregnant, that was mentally really hard. And I know it was only one day difference, but I was like, yeah, it was very not stressful. It's not the right word, but you just get in your head about it. Mm. And it was Christmas time and like there was kind of all these other factors that were playing out there. And um, when you're birthing at home, like through the public system, you can't go past 42 weeks. So all of the like, oh, what happens if I keep, you know, if I just stay Mm. pregnant forever, (laughs) like all of those things started to weigh on my mind. So this time around, I'm just trying to not think about it as best as I can. And then, um, yeah see what happens, get a, a surprise. I'm definitely at the hungry end of the pregnancy. I feel like. <laughs> are you sleep? Are you sleeping yet? A bit better. Yeah, I actually am. Okay. I think um, part of the issue when we were in Melbourne was like at home, I've got not a full on pregnancy pillow, but like a little pregnancy wedge. <laughs> mm. And then um, that, yeah, helps a lot with, you know, like I keep waking up on my back. And so I prop that underneath to keep me on a bit of an angle and like lots of rib pain and all those fun things. So that's made me more comfortable. And then I think it's just like when I do wake up, if I need to get up, I'm not like, oh no, I'm going to wake up Luca. It's like Mike (laughs) sleeps through anything or half the time he's ended up in the bed with Bowie anyway. So yeah, I've, I've been sleeping better, thankfully. Oh, good. Mm. (laughs) That end game of pregnancy is just awful, isn't it? Mm. It's like I used to explain it in parenting ed classes. It's kind of like you know you're going to get hit by a bus <laughs> and so you're walking around just knowing that a bus <laughs> is going to hit you but you're not quite sure when but you know it's coming. <laughs> I can't it. say that I feel like that, to be honest. Like, Well, that's how I felt. I'm like I know like the pain <laughs> is impending. I know, like, but it's kind of like you're welcoming it because you're so uncomfortable by then. Yeah. Obviously, and you want to meet your baby, but you're like, when is it going to come? Like, yeah. when is this, like, immense pain going oh. to, and every night, it's like, like every night, you know, you, yeah. you have, like, a high-carb meal because you're like, mm-hmm. tonight I might need the energy <laughs> or you go to bed early or, you know, you do all these things because you just think, like, tonight's the night. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, towards the end, especially having a home birth, like, I'd like rampantly clean my house every night because what if the midwives came that night? <laughs> and then obviously I had them at 42 weeks on the dot. So that's, if you can imagine, a lot of mm-hmm. rampant cleaning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just like, what if they come? But anyway, you admitted in this episode you're not actually the, that, yeah. you don't care that much about that stuff. No, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't even remember like the state of the house and like, I couldn't tell you. Um, but I also... I know that it's it's obviously painful, but I really love giving birth. Like I'm not, there's not any part of me that's like, I don't feel like I'm about to get hit by a bus. I'm really excited to do it again. I guess the only thing is, and it's so funny the people say to you, people are always like, oh, third babies, like they're a wild card. So I've had two, you know, quite good births. And then I'm like, why are people trying to plant that thought in my head of this one could Mm. be bad? (laughs) So I'm just trying to block that out and trust that it won't be and it will be. My third was the best. So just keep keep those positive stories in your head. I hate it when people just try and like scare you or Mm. like, I don't know, try and outdo everyone with their bad stories it's, it's just really not what you want to hear when you're thing. pregnant maybe like after you could have hold space for that but when you're pregnant 
Like, yeah, it's and it's not like what you want to hear. You know, obviously, like I work in the space, I'm fully aware of complications that can arise, and like I've had many clients who've had births that were not ideal for them, and I understand that all of those things are potential, and at the same mm. time, like. I don't need to dwell on them. <laughs> I no. can stay. I, I like to be an optimistic realist. I think that's mm. the way I would summarize it. Oh, anyway, watch this space. <laughs> so exciting. I'm so excited. Mm. <laughs> so today's episode, we alluded we went to Melbourne. This was actually one of the reasons mm-hmm. we went to Melbourne, which is great. So last week's episode with Dr. Billy Garvey, we got to go to his house. Mm-hmm. And then today he interviewed the amazing Steph. Well, and you might know her more as Steph Claire Smith on Instagram. And she is the owner of Kick. We also got the pleasure of being on her podcast, Kick Bump, mm-hmm. which is coming out on, I think it's Wednesday. So mm. keep your ears peeled for that one. And yeah, it was super fun to meet her. We had such a great time. We obviously milked it in Melbourne and also <laughs> just went to <laughs> heaps of restaurants and, you know, had to make it a three day ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> um, Otherwise, we would have been too stressed, hey? So. Totally. <laughs> no, we don't need that. <laughs> I forget your husband um, edits his yeah. podcast. Mine, mine doesn't <laughs> listen. <so. laughs> well, the flights didn't line up, so that was part of the it's reason true. too. It's true. We did have to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, we loved this chat. We talked to Steph all about um, being the working parent and that sort of, gen- oh, I should say gender, gender swap. Is that the word I would say? Yeah, I guess the stereotype of stereotypical, you know, what's expected of women and mothers. And um, yeah, she's done it very differently to what society Mm. has expected. And she does have quite a big profile. And so, yeah, she speaks very openly about like the criticism and um, some of the challenges that she's had. And she's honestly just such a beautiful down to earth, like very, very inspiring girl. Um, Yeah, it was a great conversation. We were so lucky to chat to her. So I guess we'll let her take it from here. Welcome to Boob to Food, the podcast. Steph, we're so excited to chat to you today about all things being a working mum, your amazing business. But before we dive in, for anyone who hasn't come across you, can you just share a little bit about who you are, all of the amazing things that you do and who's in your family? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, Okay. I am Steph, or I suppose better known on Instagram as Steph Glesmith. Um, and I'm a mum of my little boy, Harvey, who's just over two, um, and my husband, Josh. That's my family with our dog, Ari. Um, I have been a full-time model in the past, turned Instagrammer, influencer, turned entrepreneur. Um, and now what makes up most of my day-to-day outside of being a mum is running Kick, which I do with my best friend and business partner, Laura. And Kick is a health and wellness brand and we exist to help um, change the relationship people have with wellness and themselves um, and to be the sustainable approach to wellness. Yeah, you guys do such an amazing job, honestly. Like I just keep seeing different offerings pop up, different <laughs> foods pop up. Like it's so incredible what yeah. you've done. Yeah, we love it. Um, and obviously it's big and a lot of work as <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it, like we know that from Just Boob to Food, which yeah. is teeny tiny. Well, <laughs> not just. You guys have so much going on. <laughs> oh. But I mean, how is that as a mum? Like mm. you're the, the main working parent yep. in your family. Mm-hmm. How do you find that? Yeah, it's hard. I think it's emotionally tolling more than anything, um, because I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I was always really maternal. And I think if it wasn't my choice, if I, sorry, didn't choose to be modeling, um, early twenties, I probably would have 
tried to have um, a baby earlier because I just loved the idea mm. of it all. Um, so fortunate that it happened when it did. Um, but I think once it did happen, it made me realize that I, I, I just fulfilled me like nothing else. I think it was like, yep, this is what I was here for. This is what I was put on this planet to do. And it brings me so, so much joy. And I think the trouble that I have is my other baby being mm. kick, um, brings me so much joy and fulfillment as well. Um, and so I think anyone who kind of feels that tug of war between what they do for a living or even just hobbies that they have outside of motherhood um, and then being a mother in itself is, it's a really hard one to manage. Um, but some weeks are better than others and I just try and do what I can to make sure that when I am having my time with Harvey that I'm super engaged and hands-on with him and I just look forward to the weekends like nothing mm. else. <laughs> and you started Kick before you had Harvey? Yeah, so, well, we started with an ebook back in 2015, so it's yep. been going for quite a long time, yep. but um, the app itself launched in 2018. So okay. that's when it kind of switched into another gear for Laura and I and that's when our team started to grow and we're now a team of 20. So yeah. um, it's there's a lot of work day to day um, and it's a lot of work that I thoroughly enjoy and then there's a lot of work that's, that's very time consuming. Um, and I think that's where I'm, where I struggle emotionally is I don't necessarily get to see Harvey as much as I would love to, but mm. I just try and remind myself of, I think what we are doing at Kick is so important to me and it's only going to benefit Harvey in the long run in, in the world that we're trying to help create through what yeah. we do. So um, that kind of fuels me as well. And then, as I said, just making as much time as I can up with him when I can mm. um, is really important to me. Yeah. And so, Josh, your husband is yes. a stay-home dad. Yeah, he is. Yes. So How did that a lot come of about? people ask this question and it's – um. It's, I can totally understand why I think um, with our situation, so Josh was originally, when he came out of school, he was a shop fitter for his dad's shop fitting company, um, had worked in that trade, I think for about eight years, ended up being a PM for a few years and was pretty much on this trajectory to potentially take over the company at some point. But it got to a point where he realised he was living his dad's dream and not his own. Mm. He's a very creative socialite, like needs to be around people, um, on the sides, like hosted at nightclubs and like went out to music festivals and just had a lot of connections. He's a really big people person and that brings him so much joy. Um, and when we kind of got to this point where I was still full-time modeling, I think we'd launched the ebook, but I was getting a lot of really spontaneous, incredible opportunities to like travel the world and create mm -hmm. content for different brands. Um, he was really good behind the camera um, which was really handy for me. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I um, had that. Exactly. Not that I'm a model at all. But, <laughs> but <laughs> be nice to have some nice photos snaps, with right? you in it. hundred yeah. percent. The only snaps I have of Harvey now is selfies. Yeah. But um, so definitely want to take that to my advantage. But um, obviously he had a full-time job. He couldn't mm -hmm. just like yeah. up and go all the time. So it came to a point where we had to make a big decision, but it wasn't just these opportunities that kind of had sparked that. He wasn't super happy um, and he was trying to look at other things he could be doing anyway. But one thing with Josh is he has to be busy and he has to be doing things. And so he wanted to make sure that there was also something else he was doing other than just being my photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is when we actually went into business with some friends um, and launched a sunglasses label. Mm. And so that was Josh's day-to-day -day for quite a while. Um, but it got to a point 
where kick was growing and growing and the opportunities were um, leaning more towards kick and, and less in the modelling space, which I enjoyed that transition anyway and I was ready for it. Um, and when it came to having Harvey and and talking about managing that, um, it just kind of felt like a bit of a a no-brainer and we'd also come to a point where both of us were leaving that other company um, and it was just a we were just ready to do mm-hmm. so and I think because of that, it obviously meant there was going to be a lot of spare time on Josh's hands mm-hmm. and I couldn't and didn't want to step back from kick. Um, so it just was this kind of easy conversation that made a lot of sense to our family. But I think the reason I like to talk about it is gender was completely removed from the conversation. It had nothing to do with that. And I think um, too often I think there's this assumption um, that it has to be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think having those open conversations about what you both need, both like emotionally, mentally, um, and then obviously it has to come down to finances as mm-hmm. well. Like what yep. I was able to make through what I do on the side and then also through kick, um, it just made the most sense for our family um, that I was kind of the breadwinner. Um, but in saying that, as I said, Josh has to be busy. So even now as a stay-at-home parent, he he creates content for um, mm. other brands and stuff. He's still doing all of that um, and manages other things for us, which is just incredible. So, But he loves it. He really loves it. And I think that was the main thing was it wasn't something that worked for me and then he just kind of had to fall into it. He really was up for it yeah. and and wanted to do it. And if he didn't, then we would have, you know, looked at daycare or other options 100%. Um, but it's something that he's thoroughly enjoying. And I do get asked a lot, you know, are you going to put Harvey in daycare? Mm. And again, it's not something I'm not about. I've got friends who do it and I can understand so many of the benefits, but Josh is just enjoying it so much right now. And it's been really beautiful to see their relationship, you know, blossom in the way that it is. And I think one fear I did have, I think as a mum in going back to work was, is he going to have that really special bond that I see a lot of kids have with their mum? And then Mm. I don't know me as the working parent, I'm not going to have that, but I don't know if it's something, you know, in the fact that I carried him for nine months or anything, but I certainly still have that and I'm still the one he runs to if he needs a cuddle and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely still have that. So I think if if any mums are listening who are, you know, going back to work and they're fearful of that, you're always going to be their Mm, Um, mum and that's that's always going to be a special bond. Absolutely. Yeah, and so you said that finances brought you to, Mm. to that point, I guess, that's going to be the end card, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, you might want to do it, but you've also got to be able to afford to, yeah. to do this. Especially in today. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think that's why we wanted to have this conversation because so many mums now mm. either have to go back to work or yeah. want to. Mm-hmm. So many, like even myself, have sort of, there's so many entrepreneur mums now or mm. mums that can work from home and it's just, it's definitely changing. And then thankfully the gender pay gap is, I mean, it's still there obviously, but yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes now mm. not always the case that that the dad earns more than the mum. And mm. so it's super interesting. And I wanted to talk to you about it because we've recently taken on this role where my husband is the stay-at-home dad and I'm the working parent. And it's really hard. Mm. I thought, I was like, I'm going to love it. And I do love it. And I love working. Mm. And this is the thing that's the hardest. It's like, I love my job. I actually love walking out and saying bye and then getting a coffee and like having peace. Yeah. And I love what I do. And like you, you, you know, I find that our our work is benefiting others. Absolutely, and yeah. I think like seeing that is so great. But then there's just this like 
tug on your heartstrings when, I mean, I work from home mm. so I can hear them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. it's like, it's harder. you hear them crying. I'm yeah. like, like, I just want to go out there, but I can't because then I'll be stuck out there for an hour. And it's like really hard. It's, mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you've, you've done it for a long time now. So that's why I want to pick your brains about yeah. how you manage it mm-hmm. all. What age did you start? Like how old was Harvey when you went back to mm. work full time? So I was tuning in um, to weekly meetings and leadership meetings from like two weeks mm-hmm. of age, wow. but that was virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was really just it. It was really just so that I knew what was going on in mm-hmm. the business and had a high level understanding. Um, and then also super beneficial that my business partner is my best mate. So I was talking yeah. to her every day anyway. Um, so I was kind of staying in the know. And I think that's that's the thing with maternity leave now is and and what we try and do as well with kick when we do have mums um in the team who go on leave is you need to find that balance and it's definitely a discussion that you need to have with those people but of keeping them in the loop but not bothering them and not making them think like they need to Mm. think about work or that they need to do anything but then I think it's also such a hard transition for people who might have been away from work for a year and then they come to a business that could have completely Mm. been restructured or processes are so different Mm. and it's such it is such a tough time and I found navigating when I did go back so so basically I was doing um yeah those weekly meetings virtually which was manageable the podcast um virtually again manageable um and then um basically we had a few events or I think by like three or four months we actually had a shoot so I got ready for that which was tough um but I did um and So things like that I definitely still picked up, but it was nine months when I was in the office three days a week and then from there a couple of months later I um, went to four and then now I'm I'm back full time. Um, But it was really hard and I think also when I did transition transition to three and I was back in the office, I tried to hold on to breastfeeding Mm. um, because it was something that I emotionally loved um but that was really that was a a huge toll mentally um the mental load of like trying to figure out when you need a pump and how much you are going to get and keeping it all in the freezer and all of that sort of stuff um and trying to keep it in the fridge at work and find a time to pump was was really hard and my team was super supportive. Like, I mean, there was points where we would be mid-meeting and I'd have my... (laughs) They were so fine with it. So I was super, super grateful. We have a very breastfeeding-friendly office but um, and pumping office, but um, it just wasn't like... I I knew this was not going to last long and it was taking too much of a toll on me mentally. Um, So made that decision to um, move more into formula at that point. which, yeah, whilst emotionally I was sad about it, mm. it just made so much sense and it, it did release a lot of, of pressure, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been an interesting transition, I think, you know, when you have a team that relies on you, it's mm. you don't have that flexibility, I think, to, to just kind of, you know, oh, I'm just going to go and do this today or whatever and um it is polarizing too I suppose a life I I did once leave where I live sorry where I did kind of work for myself and only really had myself Mm. and you know my agent obviously at times that um I had certain things but really so it's very very different life but I wouldn't change it for the world and I I really do love and uh, am so fulfilled by what we do and I think where my heart goes out to is those women who either need to be need to go back to work and back to a job that they don't necessarily enjoy either like yeah. far out 
that mm. would be so hard emotionally. Um, so yeah, my my love to you all because I'm I'm super grateful that at least what I am getting pulled away from Harvey to is something else that that yeah. fills me with so much joy. Mm, I mm. feel so grateful to my past self for. Mm. You know, I always knew that I wanted to have kids. It's probably going to sound really weird, but I always knew that I wanted to be a mum. And so then when I also kind of came to the realization that I wanted to be a naturopath, I was Mm. like, oh, this is a a good choice on many levels because for me, it was always really important that if I was to be working, Mm. it was in something that I felt flexible. Yeah, it was like flexible and also fulfilling for me and Mm. like not just, you know, I'm working in an office and like prior to studying naturopathy, I was working in advertising. Like yeah. you honestly couldn't Very get different. <laughs> so different. This is another one of your past yeah, lives. I've I've got, <laughs> she's got so many past lives. This is another job. You, like she just yes, always I'm comes up with these weird things. I'm like, <laughs> how many lives have you lived? Many. Um, and now I just see like, I mean, I, with my eldest, I went back to work when he was, it was only three and a half months mm. old. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I wasn't ready, mm. but it was my own business. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, locum practitioners seeing patients for me, but it's never quite the same as you doing it yourself. And we also had, you know, financial responsibilities. Yeah, so I had to do it, but thank goodness I could do it. You know, I had a clinic space that was walking distance from our house. I could change my hours. I had, I work mostly with mums. So if I ever had to be like, Jude's not well, or he's, you know, really cranky or something. Super understanding. Yeah, really understanding. (laughs) And I just think, oh, I'm so glad that that's the case because, yeah, like you, like my heart really goes out to those people who, you know, maybe they get to the end of the government payments for Mm -hmm. maternity leave and they just, they have to go back to work and they have to put their child into daycare. And it's like Mm. that, yeah, pull on your heartstrings is so hard to reconcile. So yeah, very, Mm. very lucky to be in that space of actually loving the Mm. work that we do. Um, your work now, is there flexibility or are you like Monday to Friday, full-time? Yeah. Like Monday to yeah. Friday, full-time. I mean, like obviously there is flexibility. Um, mm. I mean, not just not just for us as owners of the business, like the, the team has flexibility, yeah. um, especially I think since COVID, you know, our team was walk- working from home full-time mm. um, and we're all incredibly productive in that mm. time. And I think that was a really great shift um, for so many reasons. Um, also challenging as well, if I'm honest, you know, when managing a team um, and you're paying rent for mm. space, like then it comes a point where it's like, we've got to be using it. Mm. Um, so we're in the office now. Um, our team is in the office together three days a week. There are some people who choose to come in every day because they find that they're more motivated at work. I'm one of those people mm-hmm. um, because like you, Luca, if I hear Harvey, I'm yeah. just way too distracted. And the other thing is if I ever do work from home, I have to do it in such a stealth way that he can't know I'm there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sometimes if I like forget to put my headphones on for a meeting and I'm like in the study, I'll hear him coming down the hall, mama, mama, mama. Aww, and then he'll just start knocking on the door and I'm like, hi, mama. Like, oh, I didn't know you were here. Like, oh, hello. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I, I find it easier to kind of get my mind into work mode by by being in the office. But obviously then that means, you know, I'm getting in the car when mm. the traffic's at its peak mm. and I'm getting home just at the end of dinner time. So, yeah. it, mm. you know, it, it is hard um, emotionally. And then there's some there's some days where I don't get home before he goes to sleep. And that's mm. that's really hard too, which, as I said earlier, the, I just try and make sure that the weekends, you know, are filled with Harvey time. And, um, you know, any time I can try and include him in anything that I do in the weekends, like if a friend wants to see me, it's like, well, you know, Harvey's going to yeah. be there because it's, it, yeah, any more time away from him is is just not something I would choose mm. to do. And yeah. it's funny because I 
I do still have a life and I'm so lucky to have that. And I, we have a village that, that helps us. My mum is super hands-on. We've also got Josh's mum who, um, comes and, and will, will be with Harvey and, um, obviously Josh being super flexible, but we're also the first out of our friends and family who've had a kid. So there was mm-hmm. also a lot of, especially in the early days, like a lot of people were really happy to help out because it was mm-hmm. all exciting for everyone. Um, but I think I, I do also have friends who have been, um, almost really stuck and lost in motherhood in that they have definitely fallen into being 100% of the time, 24-7, hands-on, not having anything, you know, outside. And it's really it's a really hard habit to, to break and to mm. accept help and to ask for help and everything like that. And I get a lot of shit online um, when people see me go out, you know, maybe for drinks with a girlfriend or out for dinner um, because they say, because I'm a working mum and I go out, I must hate time with Harvey. But I'm like... Aww. He's asleep. There's not really much I can be yeah. doing at night time. So yeah, I, I do still try and have those moments with my girlfriends or mm. see family and stuff like that because that's all super important too. But um, I do try and keep most of my weekend absolutely Harvey Harvey time. And it's funny because um, also what comes into that mix is also spending time with your partner, yeah. Yeah. which we are trying to prioritize more and more. But mm. because Josh is such a socialite. I'm often the one that's like, make plans Friday night or make plans on Saturday. Go play golf for eight hours. Like, get out of the house and go do something. And um, I think that's just because I know who he is and being at home with a toddler all week and not Mm -hmm. having any adult conversations Mm -hmm. must be really tough on him um, for who he is as a person. So I think it is also that juggle of if we're doing that, um, you know, when do we also have time together as well as a family? We'll be back after this short break. This episode has been brought to you by Arca. I have been wearing the beautiful clothes by Arca for years now and I absolutely love them. They are incredible quality and I love that they have seen me through pregnancies, postpartum and they still look great now. Yeah, I have been living in my Arca skirts, dresses and jumpers this pregnancy. They are actually comfortable to wear and still look nice. So a win-win for me because working from home, you can easily just dress like a slob. (laughs) So Arca has solved that issue for me. It's so funny because my whole group of mum friends have the Arca jumpers and it's a little <laughs> bit embarrassing when we all turn up to the park or beach in the same jumpers every time we see each other. We call it our unofficial mum group uniform. <laughs> yes, I do want that jumper as well, actually. It's on my list. And you can honorarily join the mum group by purchasing some Arca clothes for yourself. So you can use the discount code boob to food for 15% off your order until the 11th of September. Visit arcamovement.co, that's A-R-C-A-A movement.co today. Now let's get back to today's episode. It's like you need to split yourself into areas in it? Clone. That's definitely something I have found hard since mm. working full time is then I feel guilty to go out with my girlfriends and do things that yeah. make me me, that yeah. are not work, that are not motherhood. And I feel guilty because I'm like, I just got home, but I'm going out again. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't used to feel guilty when I was a stay-at-home mum. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I've been a stay-at-home mum for eight years. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> well, actually, I've gone in and out of work, yeah, of but course. two days a week nursing or midwifery, not, not full-time like I am now. And so... Yeah, it's funny, the guilt, that mm. mother guilt, it just comes in so many ways and forms, doesn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. It's like, but then I think on the flip side, now that I am working, when I'm with the kids, like you said, I'm so much more present Yeah, because I know it's short and I am the funner mum again, you know, whereas I feel like before it was like I was trying to, to juggle boop to food on the side. And so, you know, I was constantly trying to do mm. two things at once and I was never giving anything my full attention. Mm. 
So I think there's pros and cons. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And then just feeling more fulfilled as a person because, mm-hmm. yeah, staying home with a toddler all day is mind-numbing mm-hmm. some days. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, yeah, I know that you have copped some hate online mm. about even being, like, not so much going out with your friends but even just being a working mum. Yeah. Do you find that Josh then cops praise? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? I um, I think we we see it even when I, I remember being at the park the other day and I met with a, a new mum and, and she was lovely, um, but I felt the need to tell her because she was like, oh, well, hopefully we'll see you around. I was like, might not be me, might be my <laughs> husband. And um, she didn't say anything, you know, judgmental or anything, but it was almost like the pause in her when I mentioned that my, my husband – um, is probably who she will see because he's a stay-at-home parent. It's like she didn't know where to take the conversation mm-hmm. from there and I, I felt I felt funny because I, I didn't either and I was like, well, it was lovely me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I find like those little things happen or sometimes Josh will be at the park and they'll have questions about, mm. you know, Harvey's mum or, you know, and I just I do feel for him because – he, I think if I was a stay-at-home parent, I've got other friends who, you know, have had babies around the same time that I would be connecting with. I've got my mother's group that I was very connected with and I still am. We speak all the time, every day, pretty much. Um, and they've all had, they've, they've had the second as well. So they've kind of been able to have more catch-ups. And um, But for me, um, it's obviously harder being that I'm back at work now. And I, I do feel for Josh because there's not as many kind of dad communities mm. and all of his friends work. Yeah. Um, and so in the day he doesn't always have company and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But I think with the hate online, um, it's I think since I've spoken more about it, it's died down, which is nice. Mm. But it's just the trolls who don't know us, don't know, they probably don't even follow us. And it's just that old school mentality that's, you know, because – I'm the mother, um, it's emotionally wrong for me to be away from my little boy and that it's less important that the dad is for whatever reason mm. and that it's unnatural that I'm, I'm, yeah, not with him as much as I should be or something. And I, that's really hard to hear on the days where I'm already struggling emotionally yeah. with the idea of it because, as I said, it's um, some weeks I'm totally fine with it and I feel like the balance is really great and I've, I've seen him and I've been productive at work and it's feeling really good and then we have a great weekend together and then there's other weeks where you know a couple of nights in a row I haven't made it home in time or I've prioritized one of that morning to go to the gym and so I hadn't spent that morning with him and then then that starts to toy like am I not spending enough time with him and then I'll get a comment like that and I'll be like oh my god they're right yeah (laughs) but I I just think everyone's just got to do Everyone's got to kind of drown out the noise and do what's right for for them and their family. And um, yeah, as I've kind of touched on so many times, I I just feel like what I'm doing right now with Kick, um, I have so much passion still for what we're doing and so much unfinished business mm. that I'm absolutely not ready to not have that a part of my life. Mm. Yeah, um, so yeah, just continue juggling it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it so interesting though? Like I'm no expert on you know historically what was done, but you always hear about the village and mm. I feel like motherhood now mm-hmm. is so isolating. And so it is like the mum or whoever the mm-hmm. stay-at-home parent is with the children mostly you yeah. know, 90 to 100% of the time. But I think like historically you'd have a community, you'd yep. have other family members or other just people in yep. 
the village who were with your child while you went off and maybe it wasn't paid work, but it could be, I don't know, you're the person well, who's... they worked hard. They yeah, took yeah, a like lot of work to make food and yeah. wash yeah. clothes back then. Like. 100%. So I don't know that it even would be accurate to say like that, you know, you have to be there 100% yeah. of the time because it's unnatural. I like I think... And plus men historically, if you're thinking about it, didn't mm. go to jobs. They might have like hunted or something <laughs> yeah. and then come home. They're not gone for it's so 10 true. hour days and then come home. And I feel like, like you know, again, it's not my area of expertise, but from the conversations that we've had with other professionals in the area, like the, the main thing is having loving connection. And mm. so it doesn't have to be with the mother. It can be with another adult. And there's yeah. so many benefits to, you know, even relationships with like teachers mm. or like mm. just other adults who are I in agree. your community so yeah, yeah. and I think that's yeah. something that we've noticed has been such a positive in that because we have had you know like his auntie or my mum uh, Josh's mum um, you know siblings of ours um, even some of my girlfriends um, love to look after him mm. and because he's had those touch points in the first two years of his life I can you know be like, okay, Lana's going to put you down tonight. Like, because mm-hmm. me, jo- me you know, dad are going out for dinner or whatever and he's totally fine with it, yeah. um, which is really nice. And also 90% of the time when I'm leaving for work, he's in Josh's arms, I'll kiss mm-hmm. them both goodbye and he'll be like, bye, mom, mm-hmm. love you. Like, it's a happy, it's not, yeah. yeah. you know, I feel like it, it, that's something that I've found really beneficial is those building those relationships with people outside of me and also outside of Josh has also been really great for him. Mm. Does Josh ever get criticism for being the stay-at-home parent? I wouldn't say criticism, but he definitely, like, when it first started happening, he definitely got asked, like, oh, so, you know, but what's next? Or, like, mm. but My husband's surely it's that not, now. you know, yeah. forever or whatever. Yeah. Mm. He's like, well, kind of for now in the foreseeable future, this is what we're doing and yep. till it doesn't work and or mm. we need to do something else and then that's fine. But I don't have any plans. This is mm. my – because I think, unfortunately, because – the you know societal norm at the moment and the average is that more often than not it is the woman who stays home in a heterosexual relationship after having kids is that a lot of the time the dads don't really have an idea of how much work it is on the day-to-day being at home and so it's almost like this well surely there's something else that you might want to be doing or we'll get into or whatever and it's um the kind of misunderstanding of how much work is actually involved in it um that you don't really have time to mm-hmm. think about anything so else. validating hey when I <laughs> when I come home my husband's like oh like I'm mm. the worst day like I've got nothing done I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right and I, I think it's nice because I think because I've had a bit of both like I I was really flexible within those first nine months um, yeah. of his life and um, was obviously home with him a lot. And I still am. Like on the weekends, as I said, I like to be super hands-on and kind of shift into the primary caregiver over the weekends. Yeah. Um, so I've got a, gra- a good idea. Um, and I think what's been really nice is when Josh has had conversations with his friends, his male friends, um, they now have a really good insight mm-hmm. as to what's involved. So if they're in a position where their partner is the one that's a stay-at-home parent, they've now got a much better insight because, you know, one of their best mates is is going through it every day. Mm, so yeah. Yeah, that's nice too. What um, This is the thing that I'm finding the hardest. Mm. How do you deal with the mental load of like mm. running a family? Do you still feel like you have to do all of that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I was, like, was going to say, something. does it get over? Does it get better? Because no. that's what I'm finding the hardest is that 
And I'm like, I need to let go. But then I'm like, if I let go, the washing is not going to get done or like (laughs) this is not going to happen. And my husband is amazing. He's doing such a great job. But I have to direct him every Mm. step of the way. Mm. And whether that's because I've just done it for Mm. the last eight years and I want it done the way that I want it done, maybe. But I just also think he wouldn't think of these things. Mm. He wouldn't think of putting the washing on. (laughs) He'll hang it out if I tell him, but he won't think of it. Like he won't, he'll, he'll. He'll be like, I'll make dinner. Like he'll make dinner every night, but he'll only buy ingredients for that one dinner, mm. not anything mm. else. Yeah, Josh does that too. I yeah, think just that stuff. And I'm like, it is, is it really just a woman thing or well, is it? I don't know. I think maybe to a certain point, I think I have to give him credit. When it comes to tidiness, he wins over me. I am oh, not a tidy Steph. person. I'm so glad that you said I that. I am not a tidy person. <laughs> I'm like you. My husband is very helpful around the yes. house and he is the predominant cleaner mm-hmm. and I'm the person who like I I enjoy a clean house so if there's he does things it that I don't see I would <laughs> there do is it. things I don't say too yeah, yeah that there's often things he'll be like how like how have you walked, walked past, past this? that 50 yeah. times I'm this like I so genuinely cool. I didn't see it yeah. like I'm not just being lazy well now I can't bend down very well so yeah, that's definitely part excuse. of it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just I so I think again we've got a we've got really open communication in our house and even before Harvey was in the world um, living together, uh, we had a pretty balanced approach to who was kind of responsible for different things. And for, for one example, he cannot go to the supermarket to save himself. And if he does, he calls me five times while he's there. <laughs> like he just, he sucks at it. And he, and he, it's almost like it's to the point now where I'm like, are you doing this on purpose so that you <laughs> like don't have to be the one to do it? And it's fine because I don't mind it. Um, but I think on those weeks where work's a bit busier and I haven't had the time to go or I have forgotten to order, that's hard because sometimes the blame can be on me and then I'm a bit like, well, if you just went to the supermarket. But then, <laughs> but then he would have so much to throw back at me because, yes, when it comes to kind of like tidying the house or or cleanliness, he's definitely more on top of it than I am. And then, But I do think that mental load, like even thinking about like appointments for Harvey yeah. or mm. like, okay, we really need to like think about what school he's going to, all of that yeah. stuff still is me and in my mind and Josh is a lot more carefree about it and look obviously there's a lot of dads who have solo parented and their kids are totally fine so I have no doubt about it Harvey would be completely fine if I wasn't in the picture but you do switch into that mode of like but I would do things this way so (laughs) maybe and for to be completely honest for the first couple of months um of me going back to work I, this is going to sound so creepy, but like I would even see things because I, I just couldn't help myself. I would check my phone. I would check the baby monitor and just because I missed him so much. But yeah. then when, I, as I was doing that, I would see things and then I'd message Josh about, I don't know, the temperature in his room or like yeah. what he was dressed in or just like yeah. random things. And Josh was like, okay, you've got to stop. Like he's fine. We're fine. Or I'll be like, what has he eaten today? Maybe give him, maybe try and get it. And he's like, you don't need to know what he's eaten today. He's alive. Mm. I've been feeding him. Mm. Like not, but you can't help it. It's like, yeah. especially when you've been home and you've been used to that. It's like, but that I'm used to knowing these things. So like suddenly not being aware of it is like screwing with me. But it yeah. did with time. I stopped thinking about it and I stopped asking him. And for a period of time, what I had to do was write it out, but I'd write it out in my notes yeah. and then I just would never send it, Yeah, okay. you know, and that was the way I weaned <laughs> off being like a helicopter, you know, side parent. Delete the baby monitor app. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, you get used to it and um, you realise that, you know, you're both 
even after years of doing parenting together, obviously there's a lot you align on, mm. but then there's little things that you're going to do differently and yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good point. And we get a lot of um, women in particular reaching out who, whether it's that they're returning to work or mm. they're having to go away or there's some other reason that their partner's having to step in for, mm. it might even just be overnight, like they're wanting to wean, night wean or something. And often saying like, I'm just worried because they don't do it like this. And I think it's coming back to that trust. And and we had a similar situation where, you know, my husband was like, I love our kids as well. And mm. I might not do it like you, but they find their own groove. Yeah. And so, mm. you know, in fact, like for me settling Jude when he was a baby, like I'd have to rock him and feed him. And like, mm. it was a very active process. Mm-hmm. And Mike got to a point where he could just lie down next to him and Jude would go to sleep. I was like, what is this? Why can't I have Mm -hmm. this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the easy way? And, um, yeah, just trusting that if you're in a loving relationship or whoever it is that you've brought in to care for your child, Mm -hmm. it might not look how you do it, Mm -hmm. but they will find their Mm -hmm. own way. And children are so adaptable as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's, um, again, important for them to have those different inputs and see how different families do things or, yeah, different caregivers do things and that they'll, when they're loved and tended to, they'll be okay at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that about, you know, how he he needed yeah. different settling um, because I think I saw, I saw this, I can't remember where it was from, but I saw this video the other day and I shared it with Josh and he was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Um, and what I'm getting at is um, I think kids, there is something about mothers regardless of whether they're the primary caregiver or the working parent, that where their safest space, mm. where they're like comforter. And it's not to say that their dad, if they have one, isn't. Um, but I don't know about you guys. Harvey can turn into psycho mode as in like <laughs> be whoever he wants to be um, and be very proud about it, um, when I'm around. Yeah. But apparently when I'm not, mm. he's pretty chill. Oh, it's yeah. always the way. We have the same. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we'll, we'll throw a tantrum and again, come to me for the love and cuddle. And, and, yeah. you know, if he wakes up in the middle of the night from a bad dream, if I'm to go up there, I've got to be up there for 45 minutes or even take him back to bed or something like that. If Josh goes up there, he'll just lie him back down and say, good night, buddy. You're all right. Walk out mm. and he's back to sleep. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Oh. They save it up for you, don't they? <laughs> what we, is it? Well, we had Lael Stone on the yeah. podcast. What episode was she? And maybe well, three. Put it, put it in the show notes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and she talked about that, how, yeah, that it's because of their, that we are their safe space mm-hmm. and that they save and bottle up all their emotions for us. Mm. And I guess also maybe on the flip side, I'm no expert in this, but when you're the working parent, mm. it's, I think Will does it to me as a strive for attention. Mm. You know, he'll he'll want me to be in there for 45 minutes singing Old MacDonald 800 times because <laughs> I haven't been with him all day yeah, and true. he's he's wanting that. And then if I send Jesse in there, he's like done asleep. I'm like, mm. And I'm like, I don't want to do this because then I have to do it with two other kids too who are also <laughs> striving for my attention. So by the time I finish bedtime in the room, it's like bloody nine o'clock yeah. and I'm buggered. <laughs> but yeah, I have to remind myself that I think mm. a mix of your safe space Um and then people say it with anything like, you know, you pick up your kid from school and they've been fine at school, but they've bottled up and held in those emotions yeah. all day. And then they see you and they just erupt. And it's like, on the flip side, how special it's is it? It's actually so special. Yeah. I like to remind myself of that too. And I think yeah. 
I think because I'm not at home with him all day, it's not like I'm at my wits end with him when he is throwing a tantrum at dinner time or whatever. So yeah. I'm also a lot more ready and available for it. Whereas Josh might be, okay, I'm done. And today's been a really hard day. <laughs> yeah. Tapping out. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's something in that too, that mm. it's funny because sometimes Josh will say, oh, I feel so bad that, that you cop this side of him. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel bad. Like it doesn't yeah. actually bother me too much. Maybe by the end of Sunday night, if he's been <laughs> like that, you know, from mm. Friday to Sunday, that can be exhausting. But at the same time, I just remind myself of like, how special is that, that he feels mm. he can like say and do basically anything and that I will still be there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So true. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering how it'll be when I get home after like us being down in Melbourne for three nights, which is the longest I've been away yeah. from my kids and my in-laws will be there when I get back. Um, because often at the end of a day, like they love spending the day with their grandparents. Like they really look forward mm. to it, but they do behave differently mm. and they don't have like the big meltdowns. Like, you know, they can still let out some emotions like that, you know, two and four, mm. but it is almost always when I finish work on a Saturday after they've had a day of being with their grandparents that like, it's like, as soon as they see you, mm. one of them is in tears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like prepped for it now. So yeah. it'll be interesting <laughs> getting mm. back from three nights away. But I do think it's, um, it's not that those emotions aren't safe with other people, no. but we as the mother, I think we often hold them differently. And I don't know, maybe it is like something biological. Like they say their DNA mm. is still in your body forever. Yeah. Like maybe it's, I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. wired to yeah. to be that safe space for them. Yeah. <laughs> as tiring as it is. <laughs> it's a privilege and exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much, Steph, for coming on our podcast. We've loved chatting to you. And I think a lot of people are going to find this really helpful, especially as they're heading back to work. And we'll pop all of your everything, <laughs> everything oh, in the yeah. show notes because there's lots of things to yeah. pop in there. But yeah, if anyone hasn't listened to Steph's podcast, um, well, you've got, it's one, but there's two. two. Yeah, so every <laughs> fortnight I'll do a kick bump episode on the kick pod, um, which I, I personally love. I'm sure you guys uh, as mothers and yeah. what you get to do and talk to, mm. as you were saying um, to me, maybe offline, but um, about like really loving to speak about like toddler food and all of that because that's kind of more where you yeah. are right now in yeah. your life. I think um, naturally I was so excited to be able to speak to experts mm. and, and guests on on our podcast about parenthood stuff. Yeah. Because it's my life. But um, yes. no, thank you so much. And yeah, I, I do want to say if anyone does want to check out Kick, um, we do have Kick Bump offerings. So we've got pre and postnatal Pilates programs and Pilates masterclasses you can try and um, even some meditations and stuff too. But also just Kick in general if you're a mum. It's a nice way to be able to fit in movement and meals and stuff from from home as well. Um, so I'll pop a free month code in your show notes maybe um if you guys want to try it out we'd love to yeah amazing maybe make the code boob to food and yeah 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 so yeah use the code boob to food and you can get a a month trial with kick but we'll put it in the show notes in case you need to spell it out (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to boob to food the podcast We hope this episode made you feel inspired, confident and less overwhelmed in your parenting journey. Head to the show notes for all the resources mentioned on today's episode. And if you loved this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate and review. See you next week. Bye.